I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast, to Ideas Digest. Yeah. I should have led with the name of the show. Yeah. Welcome back to Ideas Digest, <laughs> the podcast where we explore ideas that divide us yeah. and place them back into context. Yeah. Now, Which is the person. That's right. The yeah. context is always the person. So if you're a friend of the show, yeah. you realize you know, the drill. <laughs> you know the drill, but you also realize that this isn't a passive listen. And, no. and sometimes it's not a pleasant listen. No. Uh, listening to ideas that are either unfamiliar, challenging, or you don't agree with, very challenging. Yes. Definitely. But that's the point. Yes. So if you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, <laughs> you're in the right place. That's right. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. Uh, so. That's yeah. the space we're creating. <laughs> so this is a space that's beyond the agree and disagree divide, beyond yeah, the us yeah. versus them. You'll see it in society. You'll see it in religion. Very what not you... tribal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Most most places in society and religion, it's very tribal. What do you think about this? Okay, yeah. good. Go over there. Yeah. Piss off. Yeah. Um, that, or come here, word, I'll look after you. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're like me, come to me. So that's the point of the show. We're yeah. trying to move beyond that. Now, that's awesome. Yo, that, and that's why we've got John on the show because yeah. yeah. he's, he's a fan of that because he thinks it's good. And we're actually we're actually finding a lot of people initially don't necessarily want to listen to the show. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but then they do. Yep, and they end up enjoying it. Yeah, uh, they've they've shared with me. A lot of people have actually said they go, "It's my number one listen." I'm not just pumping my own tires. Yeah. Someone actually said that to me. I'm like, hey, yeah. "Come on." You know yeah. Joe Rogan's got a podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're a new friend of the show, it's yeah. great to have you here. Yeah. If you're an old friend of the show, send it to someone who you know doesn't want to listen to it, then yeah. pester them. Yeah, until they do. Until they do. Peer pressure uh, them into listening. Yes. <laughs> pester, pester power. So, you're an acquired taste is what you're saying. Oh, yes, definitely. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we're saying force yourself yeah. to acquire Su- this taste. Yeah. Sushi, yeah. sushi, coffee, Every beer. type of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the takeaway from from this voice that we haven't introduced yet. Yeah, the, sorry. The, the takeaway is, if you like beer, well, you're gonna love the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a fair assumption yeah, to yeah. be making. I, I can see the dots connected. Yeah, for so sure. you're hearing this disembodied voice at the moment, and so we should be good house guests and introduce yes. our guests. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna before I do, I'm gonna introduce the clickbait and really like get uh, everyone yeah, there. Although yeah. they'll know, they'll have read the thing, and that's why they're listening. Yeah. But to kick off. There's only a couple things more, really more newsworthy, you know, like Christian news sites. Mm. There's a couple of things that are really newsworthy for these websites. Yeah. One of them is when a famous person, you know, becomes a Christian. Like, oh yeah, they love that. The Biebs at yeah. Hillsong. Yeah. That thing went off. Everyone, yeah. like, Just the Biebs at Hillsong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other newsworthy, probably even more newsworthy. It's tough to beat Justin Biebs, but uh, <laughs> yeah. more newsworthy is when someone leaves the fold yeah drifts away um yeah. and so becomes a lost sheep that's right the lost sheep is a is a very there's lots of commentary and things like yeah. that when especially when a known person leaves the fold and yeah. so yeah. i'm gonna clickbait this one but plagiarism alert i ripped it straight <laughs> from the christian post and i'm like these sure. guys these it's guys not, do not it. plagiarism if you, if you cite the source oh, that's true <laughs> thanks year 10 english teacher yeah. um so here we go the clickbait now we start here for new people of the show yeah 
This is where we go all the time. When you're yeah. talking to someone... Our brain automatically creates these shortcuts. We categorize, we clickbait, and yeah. so here we go. We're going to do it for you, save you some time, take yeah. five. Yeah. The contagious drift away from Christianity. Snap. So this is a disease yeah. Yeah. that we're coming across. And yeah. that was from uh, the Christian virus. Post. Full disclosure, I reached out to the author of this article. Ah. And I've made contact. Okay. So if I can get Cricket's him on the show... back so far, I guess. That, like, no, no. You know, like he said... What's up? Oh, right. So okay. I've got contact and yeah, that's cool. good sign number one to, yeah, to yeah. getting them on the show as we yeah. try and listen to all people. Yeah. Um, so that with that title aside, we have new friend of the show, John yeah. Steingard. Yes. You might be like, mm, is that name familiar? Well, if you were like me, <laughs> a 15-year-old kid getting into the punk rock scene, <laughs> this guy was my gateway drug into like the harder stuff like Under Oath and things like that. But Hawk Nelson... Was the band that I guess John? Are you still? Is Hawk Nelson still going, um, or have they recently taken a break or something? Well, we sort of had. I mean, a couple of years ago, we we sort of made a a, a decision to sort of gradually move into other things. We've been a band for like fifteen years, been on the road full time for that whole time, and you know, I started touring when I was twenty, and I'm about to be thirty seven. So that's like a long time. Yeah. Um, yes. And. And so, like, that process started a couple of years ago. We didn't, like, officially say, oh, we're not a band anymore or, or anything like that. We're just, we're just sort of, like, uh, we just sort of took steps away from mm-hmm. it and to do other things without mm-hmm. really making a cohesive, like, it's over kind of a statement. Yeah. Um, so I like to say it as uh, we, we're still a band. We just don't really play shows or make music. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I like that. You're just in hibernation. I don't know what kind of pressure this puts on you, but you helped form Conrad's consciousness on some level. No way! As I was just coming into the music scene, you know, there was a like, good punk rock, you know, music scene back when I was like in my in high school. Yeah. And Hawk Nelson was one of the first mm. like Christian rock, which is the gateway from like, well, I mean, what's the difference? Listen to normal rock and roll as well. Yeah. But Christian rock, was it was like... It's okay because they're singing about Jesus. They're kind of, or at <laughs> yeah. least not not swearing or something. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was that was the, the yeah, catch. So, John, it, for, from from sixteen year old Conrad, thank you. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was a great time. I was on YouTube yesterday <laughs> just watching awesome. like old clips, and I was like bringing back memories. I was like, this is fantastic. It was, yeah, a, yeah. It was a good time. I love I, I, I love your music. So, thank right. you. That's uh, no, that's awesome. I when I hear stuff like that, it's always so. It's it's so fun that I feel like I've gotten to play like a small part in people's lives the way you just described. Like that's yeah. really really that's cool. That's yeah. super cool. And I'm yeah. re- and I'm really grateful um, to have like gotten that place in your life. And uh, I, it's an honor, man. Well, yeah. meeting you, you're worthy of it. <laughs> Such a nice guy. He's Canadian though, so yeah, obviously. So that, yeah, that, so take it all with a grain of salt. I might be, I might just be nice on the surface and really mean underneath. No, I, I believe all Canadians. That's Canadians trying to like sandbag yeah. themselves. Yeah, like, yeah, we're not as nice. It's as just their say. humility. Yeah, it's like, you, you don't know. You are very nice. <laughs> yeah. So this brings us yeah. to some to to uh, our next portion of the show. We're gonna play a game once again. We've clickbaited it for you to make it a bit easier. Yeah. We've just met John. We've heard a little bit like he's rock band, yeah. um, things like that. We're just going to, and, and we've done a bit of prelim research to make some assumptions about you. So yes. rather than sure. 
thinking some assumptions and, and running away and talking about you. We're going to yeah. have our assumptions and we're just going to ask you. And so in a simple yes sure. or no dichotomy, no nuance, yep. you have to fit the boxes we're trying to put you in. <laughs> yeah. You get to Even have if it hurts. <laughs> you get a right reply. It's not a long one, but yeah. you get one anyway. Well, Cam can, Cam can kick this one off. All right. So we've already touched on this one. Um, Canadian, so you're super friendly. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. yeah, that's right, definitely good. true. I wouldn't take a no for an answer. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll scene. You have upward of three tattoos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Got him. Oh, there we go. Oh, yes. That's, I, yeah. that's almost full sleeve. <laughs> that's my that's my punk rock uh, uh, yes, w- it is. membership right there. Oh, right. That was three, my first tattoo. Three punk stars on his upper... Yeah. Well, just above the tricep. Yeah, um, yeah. Like taking into consideration the clickbait here, we've got a contagious drift away from Christianity. So mm. that must mean that you were a pastor's kid. Like it took you a long time to rebel against your father, obviously, because you said you're 37 now. So it's taking you a long time, but you were a pastor's kid. And like that's why you've drifted away. Yes or no? Uh, no. I was scouring the internet for a lot of articles that are written when some prominent Christian figures leave the church. And here's one I found quite common. You were never truly a Christian. Ooh. You were just like a cultural Christian. You wow. were never truly a Christian. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Is that? I guess that could be an answer. It's more like yeah. a. Oh. Yeah. It's supposed to be yes or no. I mean, I was never. No, no. I would say. I would say that's not true. I think that I. I. I identified as a Christian and and did all the things that you would do as a Christian yeah. internally and ex- externally. Right. So. So that's. Yeah, a, I no. guess I would have to say no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. No, that's fair. Well, all right, so if that's the case... Yeah, I guess it's... It's sort of linked. You're just a pretender, like you pretended to do that sort of stuff for the paycheck. Like you you realised your market and then you... Those Christians are a sucker for Christian rock. <laughs> yeah, Let's right. get them Christian yeah. rock. Yeah. So no. that's, that's no, another... No, I was assumption. not pretending. Okay, all right. Hard no on that one. Yeah. All right, let's try and pin his beliefs now. So he's, he's drifted mm. away. He's, if, you, if you followed, there was an Instagram post that John posted. We'll get into that later. But um, we're trying to po- peg where he is now. So if yep. he's not a Christian, sure. yep. you've, got to, you've got to be right now an angry atheist. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. What about you? If, if the alternative then yeah. is like a liberal universalist where like it just doesn't Anything matter. goes. Anything goes. Everyone... Get saved in the end. This is supposed to be yes or no, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> there that's will hard. be time for no. nuance later. Not everyone's in. Heard it here first. <laughs> uh, okay, so last one. Another prominent. There has to be a place to be in or out of, right? Ooh. Ooh. Too much nuance. Yeah, too much nuance. He's, he's climbing down <laughs> the box. Okay, sorry, yeah, sorry. I'm, the, I'm ruining the game. In the box. I'm ruining the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one, and then we can we can ruin the game. Finally, yeah. uh, sure, I, I saw this sure. one a lot. You're just following your feelings. You know, oh, you, yeah, right. you're a feelings yeah. guy. Yeah. You, you're following your feelings, and that's what's led you away from God. Yeah, somebody hurt your feelings no. at church or whatever, and it was like, I'm out then. No, no. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, end of game. Well played. Thank end you of for game. That. <laughs> you, you, you did well, and yeah. it's at this that point was stressful. Where, Eliminating nuance is is really stressful for me. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, and And look honestly, 
it is so hard for us. I feel bad to ask these questions of our guests because it's just like you're just like spitting in the face. Often you're just like, <laughs> yeah. this is how you we've know, said some pretty bad. Horrible. Ones. It's, yeah. it's worse for us yeah. than it is for them. But but on the, but the the thing we realise is this is what we do naturally. Yeah. We we'll meet somebody and we'll go away thinking, oh, they're probably this, they're probably that, they're probably this, yeah. and uh, it's. You know, look what happens when you actually, there was mostly no's there. So when yeah. we put them to the people yeah. that we were making assumptions about, yeah. this is the opportunity where we can go a little bit deeper and we'll, we'll throw it over to you. Yeah. Uh, is there anything there? And we're probably going to journey through it, a lot of that yeah. stuff as well. But is there anything there that you want to add just a bit of nuance at the top of the show about or, or we can just yeah. go straight into it? Either from those assumptions or, or whatever. Uh, well, oh gosh, there's so much that we could plumb there. Um. Uh, I don't. I feel like I would be navigating the ship in a particular direction, and I kind of want to let you guys do that. So, so why don't we just why don't we why don't we just jump into wherever you want to go? Let's start with the clickbait, uh, the contagious drift away sure. from Christianity. Yeah. So obviously, talk to us about what has just happened now. I think a couple of weeks ago, you posted yeah. a post on mm-hmm. Instagram saying. So, do you want to give a bit of your history of who you are, what you did, and? How this moment this now, yeah. and then we can go back in a little bit more detail. So a bit of sure. an overview and sure. up to this yeah, point I'll, real quick. I'll try to give you the, the short version. Um, yeah, after, after you know, like you said earlier, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid, so I grew up in church, grew up in Christian culture. I accepted Jesus into my heart in my backyard with my dad when I was four. And that was like um, a, a sentence you said when you're saying I like accepted Like a little prayer thing. Yeah, prayer. it was a very, sp- you know, like the circles that I came up in, it was, there was a belief that this, the moment of praying this particular prayer was very significant. And okay. so, yeah. so, yeah, I prayed that prayer when I was four and then came up in church in Christian culture and, and then around 20 started playing with. Uh, Hawk Nelson and I've, you know, I was touring, you know, I, I guess I would, I would say that at the time I thought that was the beginning of my professional, my career as a professional musician. But what I didn't right. realize what it, was that it was also the beginning of my career as a professional Christian. Uh-huh. Mm. Definitely got to Be- go into because, that. Because, because like without really intending to like, I ended up in a position similar to a lot of pastors where like people, you, you know, you're on stage, you, you have a microphone, you, you have the opportunity to speak to a lot of people and they expect mm. that you're going to have something to say. And so it's actually almost in a lot of ways, a kind of a pastoral role. Mm. And I think there were periods of time where, where, where that freaked me out. And then periods of time where I really like dove head first into that role. Right. Um, because I, I mean, the truth of it is I love, I love people and I love encouraging people. And I love, mm. I, I love having these moments where I can be a part of someone's life in a positive way. Like that's really <clears throat> awesome. And so there was a lot about being in a Christian band that really fed that part of my sure. personality. Um, but as, as time went on and I mentioned earlier that, you know, as the, as a band, we were sort of taking a step back. Um, and, and doing other things, I started doing film work, video, video production. Mm. And as I started doing that for a career more and more, I realized, okay, my, my job doesn't require me to believe anything in particular. So what do, what, what do I believe? Yeah. And 
all these questions that I had never really allowed myself to process started bubbling to the surface and I started reading a ton, listening to podcasts. Uh, I had not discovered yours yet, so, uh, you know, I wish I had. Um, Welcome. But, Welcome. Yeah. yeah. But that sort of led me down this process of like, okay, what do I really believe? And, and I'm someone who really values transparency and honesty. And, and I, I, I gradually, bit by bit, found myself in a place where, you know, and we can talk about the individual sort of stopping, you know, the stopover yeah. points along the way. Mm-hmm. But, but I found myself in a place where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of this stuff. And, and that was terrifying yeah. for so many reasons. It was terrifying because it, it was the basis of my whole life. So what now? It was terrifying because I've got two kids and I, I felt the pressure of, you know, figuring out what to teach them about the world and about life. Mm, yeah. It was terrifying because my entire family and my wife's entire family are all strong believers who would be really worried about us if I was honest about this, right? Mm. Um, 90% of my, you know, maybe not 90, but 80% probably of my friends are Christian. So it was this like really horrifying thing. It wasn't like I was like, I wasn't like pissed off at Christians and wanting to like be rebellious for fun. Like, mm. uh, like mm-hmm. I, I reached this, I reached this point really genuinely and, and I wasn't sure what to do. So for a little while I didn't do anything. And then I just couldn't, I couldn't live with that. I couldn't, I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't say nothing. I felt like I had spent my whole life being outspoken about my faith and, and now to not say anything felt dishonest. So that's what mm. led me to to write that post a couple of weeks ago. I had no idea that <laughs> I had no idea that uh, a few days later I'd be on the front page of foxnews.com and Oh CNN no way. And and people and New York Post and wow. all these other things. So nothing more newsworthy. Yeah. I suppose. It, it was really weird because I was like I'm surprised. I like. I thought maybe a small corner of the internet would care, and it turned out that it sort of it rung a bell with an, a certain number of people. And I think part of it is be, because I was asking questions that it seems like a lot of people are asking, and and I was doing it. I was doing it publicly in a way that a lot of people are afraid to do. I mean, I I was terrified to do it. I just wanted to like go into because this is not something that Conrad and I um, have ever experienced. Yeah, no one really cares what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk to me about like what's it like? It almost sounds like it, if I was to put it in a metaphor, it sounds like you got on this train when you were four years old, and it just gathered more and more momentum as life went on for you. Mm. And by the time and everyone was watching you, yeah, it, you yeah. would like it public was, Christian. It was public Christianity, absolutely fine. Like you know bullet train speed sort of stuff by the time you actually wrote that post on Instagram. What was it like just to be like, I don't want to sort of, I don't want to put ideas in your head, but were you, was it something that you just didn't have time to think about or you, you weren't allowed to ask these questions or you were scared to ask these questions? Like what's talk to us about that sort of experience. Yeah. I I think, I, I think I had, the, the, the sort of vague beginnings of a lot of these questions. But because, you know, be, from the age of 20 until now, 
I mean, pretty much my entire adult life, my career required that I didn't question it too much mm, or right. too publicly. Yeah. You have a certain mold that you have to fit to be this category. Yeah. To ensure that you still get paid. I would think that if you're in a Christian band, if you're a singer in a Christian band, and then you publicly say you don't believe in God, I would think that would disqualify you. Are you yeah. still agree? Which so, is yeah. an interesting concept in and of itself. It's, it's like we're, we're a band, we make music, and here is what we believe and you're listening because of what right. we believe yeah. not only right. because of the music it's like right. normally yeah. it's like right. man this guy's a bit of a weirdo but he's got great music and normally yeah. like you know mozart bit of yeah. a weird guy i hear yeah. great music <laughs> 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 yeah it, it's sort of a different thing and um and i think for a long time i mean like i said earlier i really value like congruency and transparency and like i want what I, the person I am on stage, I want that to be the same as the person I am off stage. And that means like, I value that a lot. And, and so I, I think the idea, the idea that I might end up in a position someday where I'd have to be on stage singing and talking about things that I don't believe, that idea was so horrifying to me that, that I think whenever I had a thought that might lead me in that direction, I, sh I pushed it aside and, and I was like, eh, I know I feel a little weird about that, but like, I can't go down that road, you yeah, know? Yeah. So your, your environment and your circumstances didn't have room for you to truly like ask these questions. Yeah. You had questions. Yeah. Or almost like a, yeah. you didn't have time because you were yeah. so busy doing everything else, like being that sort of Christian figure yeah. in inverted commas. Yeah. Sort of thing. And yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's, I think that's true. And, and once, you know, once I sort of got un at least partially unplugged from that reality is when I started really thinking about stuff and um, asking myself the question, you know, like, what, what do I really believe? And if I'm not, if I'm not running with a particular pack, if I'm just, if I'm choosing a direction myself and going in that direction, what direction is that? And, and what do I, like, at my core, what do I really think is true? Mm. And, uh and, and I don't feel like I was able to even internally get to the place where I was willing to ask myself that question until, until the band wasn't my whole world, you know? Mm. We've kind of spoken about what gave you the space yeah. to begin to ask these questions. Yeah. Walk us through some of the journeys. That some in your of those post, questions. If people yeah. have read your sure. post, you really outline it really well and really in depth. And you use a metaphor of a sweater, which just for mm. our Australian listeners, we would call that a jumper. <laughs> and <laughs> jumper. <laughs> as it began to slightly, as it began to unravel, walk us through maybe some of the key points. And Cam and I are really always fascinated about the gateway drug idea. Sure, yeah. Or when you asked one question, that was the gateway drug into all others. Walk us through maybe some of the key moments that you that you had i'm tempted to go chronologically but i feel like that would that would e emphasize things wrong so like i'll, I'll kind of go by yeah i'll talk about them in order of like their significance maybe um I, I think the biggest one for me was what is the bible um so well i should before i even say any of this I do think there's two parallel tracks of, of, of questions. And one is intellectual. 
So you're intellectually, what do I believe in like using reason and logic and what do okay. I, and thinking, right? And then, yeah. and then one's experiential. So the experiential one is like, what do I experience in life? And like, what does that lead me to believe? So those are two separate things. So the, on the intellectual side, I think pondering what the Bible is, was a big one for me and going mm. like, okay, like, like I was raised to believe that the Bible is the perfect word of God, meaning yes, human beings wrote it, but it was inspired by God and we can consider it his word, him speaking directly to us. And, and we can take it as truth. That, that's how I was raised. And that would be the theological uh, concept of the inerrant word, like everything in there, the there's no mistakes. Uh, when people point yep. out mistakes, you're like, no, nah, no, nah, you're reading it wrong because there's no mistakes. Well, and there's a whole there's a whole branch of study of the Bible called hermeneutics, right? That yeah. that is basically trying to deal with that <laughs> and going like, oh no, 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 you have to read it like this, and mm-hmm. and and so like I I I started developing questions about the Bible, going like. Like some of them are kind of basic and then some of them are more specific, but like on a more basic level, like some people believe that, you know, the, the earth, the earth and the universe is literally only like six or 7,000 years old, Mm. even though science sort of indicates that's definitely not the case. Yeah. You know, some people believe that, that Genesis is a literal description of, of how God created the universe and the world. And some people Mm. believe it's a metaphor and there's, there's Christians that believe a variety of different things about that stuff. But, but as I sort of started looking at some of the things about the Bible, there was a few things that really started to bother me. Like, like I said in my post, like the old Testament God seems like kind of pissed off. Mm-hmm. And, and then the new Testament God is like this loving fatherly sort of figure. Mm-hmm. Some, most of the time, not always. Uh, but, but like that dichotomy. The biblical belief says they're one in the same. They're like, it's the same God. Yeah. And, yeah, the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Mm. Um, and and so I went, okay, well, I get that, like, Christian as Christians, we believe that, like, Jesus came and changed the arrangement between God and humanity. Uh, I, I get that, but shouldn't God's nature be the same throughout? Like, and, and it just seemed like it wasn't. And then just, like, and then you started looking closer and going, like, okay, like, there's kind of a, like a lot of like killing and uh and 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 like and like you know like when god commanded the 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 israelites to go into the promised land and kill every man and woman and child like children we're killing children and and like god's commanding that and um you know and then i i there's so 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 many i could get into here there's way smarter people than me that have tackled these questions, ah, right? So, questions, yeah. like, yeah. you know, ap- apologetics is all about, like, answering these questions and That's having right. a defense for these things. Mm. And, um, but taking a step back from, you know, out of the sort of, this is true, well, what about this and all that? I kind of, I found myself, all these questions about the Bible started adding up, and then I found myself asking one really fundamental question. And that one was, what what is makes more sense that the bible is the perfect word of god but it's just it just seems contradictory 
and it seems like there's a bunch of weird stuff in it that doesn't line up with what we're taught to believe about God and like maybe we just need to understand it differently and we have to do all these mental gymnastics to try and understand it. Is that more likely or is it more likely that it was written by human beings who are flawed and imperfect Hmm. and it's an attempt by humanity to understand what we see around us and to explain our existence. Mm. And mm. and that second one started to feel way more plausible to me. What happened or in your journey that made room for this like yeah. this questioning that that started to happen? What yeah. was it was it something that happened to you that that began to kickstart that process of thinking? Cuz like you or said, was it just the you, time that you had like you were talking about before. I, I think that's a good point. I, I think these intellectual questions are important. Yeah. But but I I think that when it comes right down to it, people end up returning to their experience uh, right. when choosing what what you know when deciding what they believe. Richard Richard Rohr talks about faith as a tricycle. He says there's there's tradition, there's scripture, and there's experience. And the and experience is the front tire because that's when push comes to shove, people always return to what have I experienced and what do I believe as a result of those experiences. And so talk to us about your experience then. Mm-hmm. I guess that yeah. led you down that path. Yeah, I mean, I think on the on the experience side, uh, um, over the last couple of years, I, I've done a few uh, trips to to pretty impoverished parts of the world and I did a documentary last year called Batwa that documents this this indigenous tribe in Uganda and I I documented this tribe called the Batwa and and I just saw things I couldn't unsee and I you know in this tribe they they lived in this forest area and then they got pushed out when the gorilla sanctuaries were created and they really had nowhere to go and they had lived off the land for generations so they yeah. like they weren't plugged into the culture they didn't have skills they didn't the concept of a job was foreign to them cuz they just lived off the land for generations and so they just they had nowhere to go they're just they're living wherever they can find a place to sit down um, yeah. a lot of the adults died and so there was a lot of children that were orphaned hundreds of them and and seeing children n- not make it to the age of five, 50% of them don't make it to the age of five. Wow. Um, and, and seeing the, the suffering and the conditions that they live in, it, I, I think I was already starting to question some stuff to do with faith, but that was a significant moment for me where I, where I was like, I don't, I was raised to believe in like a God that was so personal and so good that like he even answers like the smallest of prayers. Like you hear stories of people being like, I pulled into church one Sunday, y'all, and <laughs> and I was going. late <laughs> yeah. and there was no parking anywhere. And I just said, oh, it's hot outside, God. I don't want to walk super far into church. <laughs> and I prayed and there was a parking spot right down front. It was right yeah. at the front. It had a little like symbol on it, but it was there. Yeah, it's blue and white. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the handicap one. But I mean, I'm I'm sort of joking around here, but 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 truly that disturbed me. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, 
okay, I've always felt like I've had God's favor on my life. And like, mm. there's more good things that have come to, to me than I feel like I have earned or deserve. And so how do I, how do I square that with children suffering and dying? And, and I've got kids. And so like I was over there in Uganda seeing kids the same age as my son mm. in circumstances that were horrifying. Mm. and going like like my that could be my son Mm. and when i thought about it that way it 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 wrecked me because i was like how how do i reconcile the idea of an all loving all-powerful god with this magnitude of suffering and you know i was i i believed that god loves us like a father and and I am a dad and I see these children and I go, well, if that was my son, there's no rule I wouldn't break. There's, there's, there's absolutely no, there's nothing I wouldn't do to, to get him out of this situation. And, and, and God is supposed to be like, I'm a human being. Like I'm flawed. My love is imperfect. God's love is perfect. How much more, like, how much more inexplicable is this? Yeah. Um, you couldn't really reconcile what you were seeing on the ground and what you were feeling as a father, knowing your love for your children. You couldn't reconcile yeah. that with a God like that you had from your understanding of like sitting there watching like people in Uganda, the age of yeah. your children dying purely for the luck of the genes like they dice roll on where yeah, they were born that's that's it's all yeah. it is um and you couldn't sort of say you couldn't sit there to yourself and say yes i believe in a loving god because i have all of this blessing on my life when you knew the other side of the coin it was it's that same coin but it's just the other side it's like yep i've got blessing but what about these what about these yeah. people yeah i i I found myself having a, a, a difficulty attributing all the goodness in my life to God when that sort of implied that you have mm. to also attribute all the suffering uh-huh. that anyone experiences to God too. It sounds to me what you're saying is if you attribute the, the good, then you have to attribute the suffering because your worldview or the, was... Or the- or the not good. Yeah. Like if, in a lot of Christian language, often in the church will say, I feel so blessed today. God has yeah. blessed me. But it sounds like yeah. you're highlighting the inverse of that saying, it's not like, it's not necessarily God has cursed them. Yeah. But he blessed me with, That's you know, right. the parking but space. But at, at some level, what John's saying, well, what I'm hearing is that he's like, he believes a certain thing, so God has given him that blessing. So That's if right. those people believe those same things, oh. then they would have those too. Oh, yeah. Was that a part of it? The being like, I mean, did you did you think people thought, well, if they were Christian, they wouldn't be like that? Or is that maybe too far? No. No, I never felt that because there's plenty of people that don't believe that have what seem to be great lives. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, okay, yeah, so fair enough. it wasn't... Yeah. It, it wasn't, I mean, and to be fair, like, I think actually everyone suffers. Like, I think, I don't think anybody in life gets through this unscathed. Like, and comparing one person's suffering to another is very, very difficult. 
so so I'm not trying to say that like that oh I think there's people that don't suffer and it's not fair that these other people suffer I I think in su- right. in different ways every everyone suffers and it's not even so much that I was like pissed off at God at the suffering that I saw right. like like I, I didn't see that suffering and go like God like why aren't you doing anything I saw that suffering and went you know it actually makes more sense that he's not there like mm. like I felt like the idea that he's not there explained what I was seeing better than the, than the idea that he's there, but just complicated. You know what I mean? Your experience of, of being there, because people know this intellectually. People know, yep, Africa is a country with a lot of poverty and there's a lot of uh, children dying and it's, mm-hmm. it's really sad. Everyone knows that theoretically. Yeah, on an intellectual level, yeah. But you're talking about going there, experiencing something, feeling something, and that almost, yeah. that, that feelings that you had no longer lined up with how you used to see the world as or, or what was the next step from, from having that real visceral experience with suffering on that level? It shuffled the deck for me. Right. It sort of went like, okay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I've believed this my whole life. I have some questions. There's some things I'm not sure about. But but now, like, there's... Now we have a real problem. <laughs> because because I, I, I couldn't go home the same person. Mm. Uh, mm. And... Who did you leave as and who did you come back as? I think I, I, I left as a person who wanted to be a part of of alleviating suffering in the in the world in some way and and open to whether that involved god or or not but i i think i i think i came home with a much more acute sense of heaviness as to how much suffering there is what that suffering is like I came home really humbled, honestly, wow. because because I, I think I went being like, I'm going to do a good thing and I'm going to shine a light on a community in need and and like good for me. <laughs> and I came back. I came back being like. I mean. I'm trying to not swear here because it, it feels like it would be the right thing to say, but but I, I feel like I came back being like, what do I do? I, I, I was totally overwhelmed by the magnitude of, of, of suffering. And it wasn't just the suffering that I saw, but I realized I was like, oh, there, I haven't even scratched the surface of how much pain and hurt and suffering there is in this world. And, and, and I know like, and I know all the intellectual arguments. Like I, I you know, like I, my whole life, I've heard all the arguments for why this is, why this is the case. Well, it's, you know, it's, you know, God, God wanted a relationship with us, so he gave us free will. And if you give people free will, then they can do horrible things. And if they do horrible things, they might do horrible things to someone you care about, you know. Um, and, then, and then the sort of next question is, is like, okay, so what about like disease? <laughs> That's not because of free will. Oh, well, our explanation for that is that we, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, it brought, you know, evil into the world. Uh, and that, and it broke the natural order of perfection, and that's why we have, you know, not what's called natural evil, which is like non-man-made evil. Um, yeah, you really did go into the yeah. apologetics on that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, why is that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I haven't like 
anyone who has like commented or DM'd me and be like, there are, you know, like obviously you haven't read it. There are answers. Mm. And I'm like, I, I'm just, I found myself very dissatisfied with them. Bring us, bring us to almost that point there, because I sent you an article that I ripped the clickbait from and, and the general sentiment of a lot of people from the outside in looking in on this journey. Cause we're at this point now where you're, where you, you've, you've encountered, you haven't just thought you've encountered the magnitude of suffering in the world. And now you're yeah. going through like the things that you like, if you, you like us, like grew up in, in the Christian world, you, you begin to almost know everything. You've heard every sermon under the sun, you know, all the answers walk us through. Cause a lot of what these authors who might be writing about your journey, or about Fox you news or, or Fox or whoever, news, yeah. they've, yeah, they've said what you just said. They say, well, he's, he hasn't read it yet. He probably wasn't a true yeah. Christian. Yeah. He, Apologetics deals with all. Oh, the problem of evil. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I've got an answer. Yeah. It's it's this answer. And here. I can't believe yeah. he doesn't yeah. know it. So yeah. walk us through that journey, which you're kind of saying you've been in the world. You know the answers. You've. It's not like you just went. Oh, geez, that's a hard question. See you later. You yeah. you know the you Christian answer. Engaged with it. Yeah. Walk us through like that thought process and that wrestling with like. This is a magnitude of suffering. Yeah, but free will. Like, what didn't sit with you? What were the answers you came across? And why didn't they work for you? I, I, I went through a, a season where I, I studied heaven and hell a lot. Because um, that was a, a pretty big one for me. I was like, okay, so let's dig into that one. Like, like, like I was like, okay, so you have to accept Jesus into your heart um, in order to be saved and go to heaven which is what I always, you know, believed. Um, well, what about the what about the people who have never heard of Jesus? What about children that die before they get a chance to make that decision? Like, what about? And the answer to that one is is what? It's the um, well, God knows their heart. That's up for God to judge, not us. That would be one of the answers, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's usually a variation of that. Is usually what I heard, and 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 that's fine. I, I, I just like, there were enough of those types of things where it was sort of like, you'd end up, if you, if you poked any of these issues often enough, you'd end up at a place where the response was, well, like God works in mysterious ways and mm. it's an indirect don't question his ways, his ways are higher than our ways. And, 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 and I always got to a place where I was like, well, when you say that, it's basically a version of take my word for it. And my personality is, is that I don't do well when someone says something like that to me. <laughs> you know, like, take my word for it doesn't work for me. And that's what you heard when people had that answer. Like, God, you know, we can't know the mind of God, so leave it, John. I mean, to me, all of these things, it's like, if, you, if you're someone who wants to believe, then there are answers that will be satisfying to you because you, you've already decided you believe. And then mm. you see these doubts and these questions as, as, as a hurdle that you need to jump over and you want to jump over it, right? Mm. Um, and so, so you, when you find an answer, you're going to be content to be like, okay, got it, good. But, but I found myself in a place where I was like, okay, is that answer enough? And like, if you're starting with the assumption, like if you start with the assumption that God is real and God is there and he is who I was taught mm. he is, 
then then those answers are more satisfying. Right. But if you don't start with that assumption, mm. um, then then sometimes you find those answers pretty thin and and not very satisfying. And that's kind of where I was. And that that's kind of my thing with apologetics. Like I've read I've read Ravi Zacharias. I think he's brilliant. Um, I've read Lee Strobel's Case for Christ. I've read uh, C.S. Lewis is like my favorite author of all time. Um, and, and his mere Christianity, I've read that like a million times. With all of those authors, I get this sense that there's, a, there's an underlying belief in God and that their, their rational thinking is built on that underlying belief. Um, but if you don't have that underlying belief, if you're coming at it with a blank page, then it's not as satisfying you know, the, the, the structure that gets built on top of it. You know, does that make sense? There's two different starting points. You, these answers that apologetics gives these authors, like really great authors, CS Lewis that you, that you read, you were, you found this sense of, they were coming from the foregone conclusion that this type of God is real and everything was kind of built on that. But you're, you're looking at it as it's the flipped equation saying my, after my equal sign, there's no answer yet. And right. I want to follow the, the things I'm finding, my experience, the, the reason and all of these things. And it, the answer may or may not be whether there's a God. What interests me is, is once again, you know, people tuning in, the point of our podcast isn't, I've actually, you know, you watch little debates go back and forth yeah. kind of on this, like people debating like, is yeah. there a God? Isn't there a God? Uh, if you're just tuning into yeah. the show... What interests us most is is not finding not the answers the to this. <laughs> it, it's it's what leads us to these different answers, and and yeah. can we understand that yes. process? And yeah. so my my question I think that's great. My question isn't you know like prove to me your case that God isn't real. My my yeah. the question I'm drawn to is what led you to the flip of the equation where God used to be the foregone conclusion and apologetics was there to defend and prop up that conclusion. What led you to flip that equation? What, where, at what point did you start to go, okay, I'm going to call into question the answers I've always held. What led you to flip it and then suddenly all those apologetics became less useful to you? Yeah, I found enough moments where, where things didn't feel like they added up to me. Um, you know, like moments where someone, you know, someone would be one person on stage and then someone else off stage, or, I mean, uh, you know, honestly, like, like sometimes the way that someone would get treated if they, if they, you know, had doubts, um, you know, and I remember when Marty Sampson posted like, what was that a year ago or Mm -hmm. a little over a year ago or something, I can't remember. Uh, that that he no longer believed in God and like there was this huge debate uh, amongst Christians and there was one uh, you know one person well there's a number of people in Christian culture that really sort of like went after him and uh, I sort of I mean kind of expected some more of that uh, with me and and largely that hasn't happened which I'm grateful for (laughs) but um I think I just saw enough stuff that I started going like, okay, like, what do I think, what do I think is really true? Because, like, I believe in God and everyone, you know, and Jesus and everyone that I'm close to does. But, like, if I was born to a Muslim family in Iran, 
then that would be the thing that I was brought into. That would be the thing that I believed unquestionably. And that would be the thing that I might find myself wondering mm. about. Um, you mapped your foregone answer to your context you were handed and not a choice. You yeah. believe you had the conclusion of yeah. this type of Christian God because you grew up in a certain way and you noticed that you didn't actually choose it. Well, well, I just wondered like, okay, if I, I have accepted this because it was what I was raised in. Um, if I was born into a Muslim family, would I have just accepted that? And, mm. and, and for most people that answer is yes. And so, and, and, so I, I wrestled with that and, and, and kind of going, you know, that was, that was another sort of stopover on the sweater thing going like, okay, let's, cause I mean, I posted this thing on Instagram earlier, uh, like maybe yesterday, it's a quote from Gene Cernan. He's an astronaut. And he said, uh, the truth needs no defense, which to me, it made me go like, okay, if God is real, if he's there, if he wants to be a, a present in my life, if he's a loving father, th the way that, that I've always thought he was, then like, if I let myself disconnect from believing in him for a moment, then he should still be there because gravity is gravity, whether I believe in gravity or not, right? Like if I could say, I don't believe in gravity, but if I jump out of a building, I'm going to believe in gravity pretty quickly, right? So, so like, I felt that way about God. I was like, okay, God, like, I, I had this moment about a year ago where I was like, I'm going to let myself, I had enough questions and doubts that I was like, what happens if I let myself not believe in God for like a week and just see what that feels like? What did that look like for you when you're saying you let yourself not believe in God? What, did, what does that look like on a day to day? <sighs> well, when you, when, when you're a Christian and you, you grow up going to church, it's not just like a habit. It's like a lens through which you see the world. Okay. And so you, you, you're looking at everything through, through these, these lenses of Christianity. And I, I put the lenses down for a week and I was like, okay, if I, if I just, if I decide to temporarily believe nothing about religion or, you know, God or whatever, what does that feel like? I was curious. And so I kind of let myself go there for like a week or two. And it was a combination of really liberating, but also terrifying because my whole like security system was gone. Right. Like, like, like I, I've always, my whole life, I've always believed like when good things come into my life, it's a blessing from God. When bad things come into my life, it's God that's going to get me through it. But without God, like, how, how do I, is it just random good, random, random bad? Like, that's, that's scary. It's scary to think that no one's looking out for me. It's scary to think that I don't know what happens after I die. Mm. And, and I think that, I think that for a lot of people, like, it's just so terrifying to truly address those questions that, that addressing them can be can be really scary. And I mean, I started going to therapy because, mm -hmm. cause I was just, I went into like a depression for like a few months. Like when you, point. when you, when you followed your, you know, 
your experience and, and your beliefs and you let it go, is, is that what you struggle with and went into depression after? Well, well, I think it was sort of like, like the thing that I had relied on for meaning in my life Mm -hmm. was, was crumbling in my hands. And, um, and I, I was reaching for something else and not sure if anything else was there. And like, I don't know if you've read, if you've read any of the like sort of existential philosophers of the last 500 years, but like, there's a guy named Camus, um, Albert Camus. He's, uh, an existentialist. And he, he, he talked about basically like life stubbornly refuses to, to give you meaning. It has no inherent meaning. So the best thing you can do in the face of a life that is stubbornly denying you meaning is to create your own. And, 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 and in his mind, you, the way you do that is by enjoying life as much as you possibly can. <laughs> and so that's sort of like Camus' point of view on life. He's like, and do things that make you happy because this is all you have. <laughs> and, uh, and that was so different than what I was raised to believe that I was like, it just like shook everything. I was like, what do what do I do? What do I do with all this? You know, um, what, yeah. What, ex- what were you like emotionally feeling and experiencing when, when this, when this construct of a God, like suddenly there is no God looking out for you. Suddenly like Christ- Christian has this, Christians have this worldview that we are inherently special. We are unique. Yes. God is, loves us. He's looking out for us. And now that's kind of taken away is like, talk to me about that journey from a worldview like that into a worldview that, well, maybe nothing's looking out for me and maybe sheer luck put me here and sheer luck put the kids in Africa suffering far more than I am. Like, and, and talk to, talk to us about like your just personal journey from that point into like, I guess, like depression and then maybe like how you've journeyed through that. Yeah, I, I think I was... I was so uncertain about so many things and, and a lot of things I'm still uncertain about. Um, but I, I think I had, I had, I had been so accustomed to certainty in, in Christianity, you know, like the culture of Christianity is very certain there. There's this sense of like, we know the truth. We have the truth. We're the people that have been given the truth and the truth that, you know, that truth that Christianity holds is comforting. It, it's comforting to think that there's a loving God who, who you know, sees you, knows you, everything about you, and and is looking out for you. That's that's comforting. It's it's comforting to think that that He's providing. You know, He has a purpose for your life, and that gives you meaning. And so when you when you sort of begin to let go of that idea, because you're wondering if it's a fantasy. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's terrifying because that thing that's given you all that purpose and that meaning and that comfort, you, you're wondering if it was ever real and, and, and if it's not real, then, then you feel very vulnerable and you feel like your family is vulnerable. And like, and I was raised with so much certainty that I felt like raising children with certainty is the thing you're supposed to do. And so I felt this pressure to become certain about these things. Like I need to adopt a very coherent point of view here because my kids are starting to get old enough that we can have conversations and I need to know what to tell them. And like, I was asking my therapist that like, help me, 
help me sort my ish because I need to know what to tell my kids. Like I felt all that pressure. And my therapist said to me at one, you know, we were having this conversation. I said, you know, like I have two kids and I love them and I want to raise them right. You know, I want to, I want to do it right. And, and my therapist asked me like, do you think that there is such a thing? And I, I sat and thought about that for a second. And then I said, well, I think there's a wrong way to do it. <laughs> um, but, but you know, for me, it just came back to like, I felt like I need, uh, there was all this pressure to be certain for, for the sake of my kids. And, and my therapist sort of asked me like, do you think it would be okay if as your kids grow up, you, you do your best and you tell them what the things that you are certain about, but then you also let them know that it's okay to be uncertain about some things. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not know. It's, it's okay to go looking for answers and, and you're, you're not incomplete as a human being when you don't have them all. I, I have this, this dueling feeling that like, I am, I am very open to the idea that, that God is real still. I just, I haven't experienced or, or learned the things that I would need in order to believe that wholeheartedly and genuinely, you know? Right. And, yeah. and, uh, if, if I look at, a the difference between a universe without a loving God and a universe with a loving God, I would prefer one with, mm. but, but what I can't do is conjure up, uh, or manufacture a belief that I don't actually have. And, Why not? And, what is it, what is it about you, like you and your journey when, cause I'd have to, I'd have to decide that it was better to live a lie than to, than to be honest about what I think. And I, that doesn't feel good to me. It sounds as if the, like the biggest trauma from, from leaving a construct of a God, the biggest trauma you experience is that there used to be answers and there used to be tidy boxes. Mm. And then yeah. as, you're, as you experienced in Africa, you're like, there's a lot that isn't fitting into this box right mm. now. And, yeah. and that experience, I guess drove you to the point where you you're going okay well maybe this box like shouldn't be here maybe mm. maybe there, there's another way of doing it but then that leads you to the the trauma of having no answers well now yeah. i got no boxes now yeah. i got no categories yeah. now i got no explanations yep and yep. that that trauma obviously like like you were saying like you're saying takes you to a very like dark and 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 sad place but you're also now temporarily dis- okay. okay. Well, yeah. Talk to us about this. Yeah. This this other side of trauma that is it would also be traumatic on some level for you to force things in the box that don't go. It would be traumatic for you to, yeah. like you say, live a lie. Like like we always say yeah. that, but we don't do it for a reason because on some level mm. we can't. Like talk to me about yeah your journey through it, like your temporary journey into that discomfort and uncertainty. Yeah. I, I, for a period of time, I was really depressed and I was seeking certainty and I was like, and any form of it, like I was studying other religions, I was studying atheism and 
I could never, I could never wholeheartedly adopt any one of these, you know, points of view because I always found what felt like problems for me. And so, and so I, I got to this place where I'm like, I don't know what the truth is about whether God is real or not. I think if you could know for sure, we would all just believe the same thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it would be like nice people easy. have people people have been asking this question for f- since they've been conscious. So mm. like, so so if it could be proven that God was there, it would be proven, and we would all just uh, believe the same thing. But it's not provable, and it's it's clearly not provable either way. And so it always comes back to like, how do you want to live, hmm. like? Like, and, and this is one of the things that, um, that has helped lift me out of the sort of depression that I was in it as I was processing this stuff is I go, okay, God may be there. He may not be, uh, heaven may be real. It may not be he- hell may be real. It may not be on that one. I'm actually particularly dubious. <laughs> I, I, I uh, there's a lot of even in this process i've I've discovered a lot of my Christian friends have sort of quietly told me like actually you know I don't believe in hell I think everyone goes to heaven and I'm like oh interesting that's that sounds awesome Reading too I much like Rob that Bell, except I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh so you know I, I was like I find that comforting as a backup plan okay yeah. um, but but the thing the thing that I come back to is like okay what do I know for sure I know. I mean, you come back to Descartes, right? Like, I think, therefore I am. So I know I'm real. Right. Uh, I, I know I exist. Uh, I know I have a family. I know I have friends. I know I have a certain amount of finite time on this planet. Those are things I know for sure. And those things are fragile and precious and beautiful. And, and um, instead of spending my whole life obsessing about what happens after I die, maybe I should spend a little bit more time obsessing over like the Mm. time that I have right now. Like, like when I, when I have time with my son, I want to be engaged with my son. I want, I want him to know he's the most important thing in the world to me. You know, when I, when I spend time with my daughter, I, I want her to grow up having an engaged and loving dad and, Mm. Um, you know, when I spend time with my wife or my, my parents, I know I have a limited amount of time with my parents. You know what I mean? Like Mm. the people, the people in my life and the good things in my life, I feel like they've become more precious to me because I've, I have an increased awareness of how temporary it all is. Mm. And, and that is kind of a gift, you know? Mm. Um, it feels bittersweet, but it's not entirely bitter. Um, and, and then as it relates to suffering, it makes me feel motivated to go like, okay, when I see suffering, no longer can I say, oh, just give him Jesus. No longer can I say, oh, God's got it. Like, maybe God's got it, but maybe, maybe not. And, and that, may, that means that, like, I have a responsibility. Like, if I have the ability to help, then I need to help. Or, or, and I think I'll, I will feel more fulfilled and meaningful in my life if I do. Um, and so, so that's sort of the flip side of the coin for me is that it's, 
this this wondering about God and eternity and all this stuff has put me in a place where I feel more connected to the moment than I ever have in mm. in my life. Mm. Um, and that's I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So that's something I, you value now. Yeah. I yeah. wanna. I wanna. I'm gonna pull something out and tell me if I'm hearing the right things. Sure. Um. I wanna pull it apart from this God argument. It's always framed: Is God real? Is He not? What is right? What is wrong? Like you see all the articles about you on the internet. We'll talk about that in a minute. What that's like to to sure. have people comment on your journey. Uh. But what sure. I'm personally hearing is, like you said, you when you went through the depression phase. That was you searching hard for answers, mm. Buddhism, atheism. Yeah. It's interesting you throw atheism in there. And that, that's, what, that's what makes this concept that I think I'm hearing coming out. It's that it's not, it's not like your whole journey has said that like, I used to think there is God, now I don't think there's a God. It's this journey from this construct of a God gave me certainty and answers in the universe that not everything quite fit within. And... Since I've gotten rid of that construct, now now I'm not sure where anything fits. And I've tried on these other ways of, and explanations, these certainties. Atheism is a form of certainty. Mm. There is no there is no God. There is nothing beyond the material and various things like that, different worldviews. Same so, mindset, just directed differently. Same yes, yeah. same mindset, different answers. I should say that just just the same as within Christianity, there's a range of views on things. That's right. It's, yeah. it's the same with atheism. There, there, there are people that would describe themselves as atheists who have a slightly varying views on exactly what that is referring to. I've heard it broken down as like there's 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 sort of truth and then there's belief, right? And they're not exactly the, the same thing. So I think a lot of atheists would say like, I'm not saying there's no God. I'm saying, like, I won't accept the existence of God until he's proven. Like, which is a different thing than saying, I have, I have, I believe that I have proof that there is no God. You that's, know what I mean? Yeah, that's mm. exactly so, right. Yeah. And, and so I'm at least hearing a, a step away from certainty, a step away from knowing oh, yeah. all the answers that don't fit, no matter which worldview offers you a certain degree of, of certainty. Yeah. And I'm hearing that maybe that is part of when you step into the uncertainty, which is uncomfortable and unpleasant, what I'm hearing from you, like out the other side, so to speak, or in amongst it as well, is the empowering engagement with reality that you have. Yeah. Like when you're talking about your son and, and spending Being time present. with your family. Yeah. Do you think there is a connection with letting go of that certainty and that flourishing of your in embracing what is happening in the now yeah and I, I and i feel like i'm literally i'm realizing the significance of that as we're talking right. like like i think the significance of the connection to the present thing that we're discussing right now i i've had that thought but i don't think it's been this fleshed out before mm -hmm. for me so I'm sort of like I'm I'm processing that in real time and yeah cool and I really really like it like because that's a that's a gift like um it, it's it's a gift that this journey would would have that effect on me and make me feel more connected to my family and more present and more grateful that's interest that that's interesting and I'm 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 happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Like as you're as you're processing it right now, I'm not sure like you know how you know we all need time to think about things. But what do you think 
in the certain worldview that you used to hold, what do you think took you away from that beauty in the now that you're really enjoying and coming to right now? What, what do you think it could have been? I think there's a, a thing that happens in Christian culture where whenever we're uncomfortable in the present, we just focus on the future. So like, you know, like, like there's a thing that happens where it's like, like, you know, eventually someday we'll be in heaven and then all this will be figured out. Or like, or like the Bible says, you know, store up your treasures in heaven for where, you know, you know, your treasures are, your heart will be also. So it's sort of like, there's this, there's this thing in Christian culture where it's like, you don't want to invest in this life too much. You want to sacrifice in this life because then you'll have, you'll have a better, you know, like I literally, I'm sure no one actually taught me this specific example, but I had it in my head since I was a kid. So I'm not blaming anyone for this. This is probably erroneous no matter what you believe. But I had it, I had it in my head that like the more I sacrificed here on earth, the closer I would be to Jesus in heaven. Like we all get like a, like a little condo in heaven. It's an implicit. Yeah. Like we all get like a, we all get like a little condo in heaven and your condo will be closer to the palace if you really sacrifice here on Mm. earth. I had that sort of image in my head my whole life. Well, it's inferred through martyrdom, right? Like martyrs who martyr their life. Like, wow, what a great person that gave up their life. Would you be prepared to die for God? Yeah. Yeah. So I can see where it comes from for sure. But, but, but now I feel like that's been turned on its head. I'm like, well, this is the, it's possible that this is all we have. So like, you better make it count. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know what'll, I mean, I, what if I die to my sleep tonight? Like I may not have tomorrow, but mm. I have today. And so like, I want to make sure that I'm spending my time doing things that, that are meaningful and, and worth doing. And um, I want to make sure that the people in my life know how much they mean to me and how much I care about them and mm. how much I appreciate them. Um, I don't want to let that, I don't want to let time pass and not think about things that way. Um, you might have already answered this because um, it's this sitting in the uncomfort and the uncertainty of the moment reveals the beauty of the moment to you. And it sounds like when you're in a worldview that has answers, when it's uncomfortable and when you're in a situation that that's challenging you, well, don't worry, like you've got an answer and it. And it's a bit of escapism from the present. And when you escape from the present, you yeah the the answers steal your joy in in some kind of sense or your connection with with people. And and so in answering the question, why is living in this uncertain way beautiful and helpful for you? I think you've kind of just answered that. Yeah. I want to be the voice of the uh, Christian article writer here as I hear what you sure. say. This okay. is this is probably what they might be hearing. Well, we'll find out. Maybe there's an article about this yeah. this later. They can write about me. That'd be Who a knows? unique experience. <laughs> uh, but what what would you say to people that say like, as you say like, if this is the only life I have now, and if martyrdom is based on this, well, don't worry. There's a heaven, so you can give up this life now. What would you say that? Where does your altruism come from? Like, would you still sacrifice your life? Like, or are you just focused on the best life for you now? they might accuse you of being like self-centered and that would be a a bad thing. I've, I've thought about this a lot because CS Lewis's argument for God in mere Christianity is based on morality and right and wrong. Right. So it's like, um, 
you know, his argument in that book is basically that like, if you believe in the idea of right and wrong, that idea necessitates a God, according to him. You know, because if if there's no God, if there's no higher power, then anyone can just sort of determine right and wrong for themselves and there'd just be chaos. And 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 so he sort of posits that like, since we all have this desire for for right and wrong, that that indicates that deep down we all believe in God. But my sort of response to that is like, well, look at the world. It is chaotic. <laughs> And people do believe that different things are right and wrong. And, and, and I've wondered about your question, if God's not real, then why do I feel the desire to, to, to want to live well and, and do good for other people? Like, mm. if God's not real, then, then then who cares about other people? It should I should just be out for myself. And and maybe you'll and do it to the point it? until it costs you something. Right, right, right. But but like it, why do we? Even those of us that that don't believe in God tend to still think it's honorable when someone sacrifices themselves. Like I think the military, like like if if someone you know joins the military and puts their life on the line and pays the ultimate price and they die in combat defending our country defending me like we look at that as heroic right and mm. if you don't believe in god then 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 why why would you look at it that way um so i've i've pondered that a lot and the only thing i can think of that makes sense to me is uh, i mean you could get into all kinds of psychology and like archetypes of like mm. heroes and stuff like that but to me I think people have an inherent need for um, for congruency. People want to be consistent, which is why, like, when you're having an argument with someone, the worst, the most devastating thing you can do to someone else's argument is point out an inconsistency, right? Mm. Like, because you know they want to be consistent, and mm. if you point out that they're being inconsistent, th mm. then their argument will be devastated. But they won't see so, it, but yeah. <laughs> right. So people want, you know, myself included, we want, we want to be consistent in our views. And so since I don't want to be murdered, it makes sense for me to not want other people to be murdered and to want to live in a society where we don't murder each other. Mm -hmm. if, 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 if I don't want to have my stuff stolen, it makes sense for me to want to have a society where we all agree not to steal each other's stuff. Mm. Um, and if, if I, if I think that the, the most meaningful thing, the, the, the most sacrificial thing that I, that someone could do for me is to lay down their life for me, then there's a, there's a congruency there that we're looking for, right? That like, it makes me go, well, maybe, I want to be consistent and I want to be willing to do that. And like, if push came to shove, if push came to shove, I would sacrifice myself for my son. Mm. I would sacrifice myself for my daughter. And that's, I don't know where that comes from. Mm. So, you know, add that to the list of things that I, that I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're okay with that. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah cool. And, and, and I also recognize that the, the ultimate example in literature 
of someone sacrificing themselves for someone else is Jesus on the cross. Mm. And, and so let me really mess you up now. All right, let's do it. So I, I have wondered if there might be things that are not literally true, but are beneficial to believe. Mm, I think this is a Sam and Harris idea. I, I think I've, I think I've heard Sam Harris use that exact thing. I think he calls it metaphorical truth. Okay. And the yes. Raw talks about stuff yeah. like this as well too. Though. Here's the problem though. Yeah. Here's the problem with this. Is that because I've wondered like there are a lot of legitimate reasons to to want to live life as a Christian. There's a lot of built-in good things like an emphasis on morality, uh, a community. Um, a, a, a lot of churches actually, you know, like obviously not all, but like there's a, there's a lot of churches that are really active in their communities. Um, so there, there's a lot of really good stuff to do with church. And so living a life as a Christian, going to church on Sundays, having a small group on Wednesday nights, your kids going to youth group, it's not a bad life. And, and, and so I, I'm empathetic to people who like don't want to upset the apple cart, you know? Um, I unfortunately am just so stubborn that when I start going down these, ro- these paths of asking questions, I can't stop. And my wife and I have, have talked about this as it feels like being unplugged from the matrix. Like, like I've been unplugged from the matrix and you know, the guy that wants to go back into the matrix He'll want, he, he like wants, he wants to go and get plugged back in. He says something super critical. He says, I don't want to remember anything. And, and he says that because he knows he could get plugged back into the matrix, but if he remembers his experiences outside of the matrix, he'll never accept it. And so I've had that thought. I'm like, is it better to just believe and to not ask these questions? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that it is, but I'm not certain that it's not. But I just know once I start asking it, I can't, I can't stop. And once you, once you see, you can't unsee. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like w- the place that you're at now, it's almost like you wouldn't wish it on people. Like it's a harder place for you to be, like in terms mm-hmm. of like the uncertainty is more honest to you, but it's, it is a more difficult place to be in. Um, and so I want to, I want to ask you what that's like, uh, with your family, with your friends, um, you know, and, and being also a public figure, like having all these doubts and questions and all that sort of stuff. Um, and walking through this in a way that like you're a public figure, you can't hide this stuff. Like you can't, there's, like there's no... It's almost less room to question. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about that, um, sort of your experience with that. Well, I mean, my family has been super kind and understanding and supportive. And we, I've had hard conversations with my dad and my mom. Um, my dad, I mean, my dad and my dad, I mean, my dad has a doctorate. He's extremely educated. He teaches at a Bible college, you know, Bible college. He's a pastor of a church. My, my dad's very intellectual and very sharp. 
and and we've had all kinds of intellectual conversations about this stuff and and um you know he's in a different place as far as belief than i am but but he also knows that like he, the the god that he believes in can withstand my questions that's that's how he feels and so and so we you know in talking about this stuff he he just said you know he actually he told me he loved me and then and then he said he's proud of me which was sort of unexpected and when your dad tells you that he loves you on some level it's like oh that's awesome and that's meaningful but when your dad says he's proud of you that like i i'm not a crier but i like i kind of <laughs> lost it yeah when he yeah. said that yeah. um particularly because of i assume because of the walk that you're going down like it's sort of counter to so many things that he is to have him say that yeah and really yeah and i'm and you know he's a pastor of a church and i'm sure people have questions for him Mm. and 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 it's i can handle anyone questioning my journey like come at me with any question Mm. come at me with any argument like i have 15 years of experience not having my feelings hurt by people on the internet yeah so so it's like i come at me all you want but like the the only thing that i've heard from people that's really hurt me is is when people make the assumption that like my parents didn't do a good job and that's why i don't believe anymore and like because my parents are the best parents i could have asked for and they love god they love me they did a great job raising me no parent is perfect so like it's not like they they you know were perfect but they loved me unconditionally and um and i really think that knowing that gave me the courage to ask a lot of questions and be curious in life anyways and 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 so you know i I, I feel very defensive of my parents in this whole process because if, if people want to come at them and say they, that they have anything to do with this journey, uh, as far as like they didn't do a good job, then like, I'll, you know, don't come at my mama. I'll fight you. Yeah, yeah. Fight you. What, what about your wife and your kids? Like how, what, how, what's yeah. their experience been of your experience? Uh, well, <laughs> my my. My kids are three and one and a half, so that so one and a half's gonna have some good memories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Most of our conversations consist of like uh, digger robot and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know pancakes and sprinkles. Um, but my my wife feels a lot of the same things that I do. She she doesn't tend to, I mean, she doesn't really care to read nonfiction, so she hasn't really been diving into like reading about it as much as I have but we talk about it every day and um and and she feels a lot of the same things that I feel has a lot of the same questions we have a lot of the same hang-ups about Christian culture we we cringe at the same Christianese words you know Someone says fellowship and we both go, oh. Um, was that so, something that happened at the same time or is it like was one leading the other or into these Was this there any space misleading going on, or? John? <laughs> any, any leading astray? Uh, no, I, I felt like we were processing it at the same time. Yeah, cool. Um, I, think, I, think, I think her processing, like I talked earlier about the difference between the, the, the experiential side of things and the intellectual th- side of things, I would say she errs on the experiential side. And, and so 
her questions have more to do with experience than than intellect, and and mine are might be a little bit more heavy on on intellect. So there's a bit of a difference there, but but I mean both of us feel so much more free now than we did a month ago, um, and and I actually think our relationships with our families who are all believers, um, with our friends, uh, you know, a lot of our friends are believers and we've had a lot of conversations with family and friends the last few weeks. And I've never felt more seen. And, and when you feel like people are finally seeing who you really are and they still love you, then you, then you'll never feel more loved than that. And, and that's how, for the most part, that's, that's been our experience the last few weeks, which is, unex- which is unexpectedly awesome. Yeah, because people might have this stereotype once again that, well, if you're not a Christian, then you're out. But it sounds like, I mean, your dad, who's a pastor, and I'm sure if growing up Christian, all your friends are Christian as well. It sounds like almost their picture of God is big enough to include you and in your questioning um, and I accepting, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's really that's a compelling image of God. Inc- like, yeah. yeah, it's really encouraging yeah. to yeah. know that hu- humanity first, right? Like, yeah. ideas are just these invisible lines that divide us, and and it's good to know that the people closest to you can love you despite some ideas and questions that you've journeyed through. And yeah. talk to me, just yeah, as as we as we wrap up about. That freedom you just said, that you've never felt more free, why is that and, and what is it like to, to feel this freedom? I think that as, you know, I use the sweater analogy of like, um, you know, pulling on the threads of the sweater. And now with the uh, questions, the sweater representing, right? Yeah, the questions and like the sweater representing my belief in God and my faith. Uh-huh. I, I think that as I was pulling on that, on that thread, I, I felt all this pressure to continue to maintain a, 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 an image of someone that was not pulling on the thread, you know, oh. like I've, I've, and, and at the beginning it wasn't so bad. It's like, it's like, if you just have a few questions, yeah, then you don't feel duplicitous if you're, mm. if you're, you know, hanging out with Christians and participating a in few Christian questions culture. Are okay. as those, as those questions go deeper and more fundamental, as they become less like about like, Oh, what kind of worship songs are okay and more about like is god actually there and you know was jesus the son of god and like what did he really you know rise from the dead like like those are the kind of questions that all of a sudden if you have those you can't really be honest without disrupting everything so if you don't want to disrupt your life and you don't want to disrupt your social circles then then you can't really like talk about that stuff that much um and so you have to take a step back and you have to start building up these walls and these facades and i felt like i was i was starting to feel like i had to do that and and then when i hit post on you know when i hit share on that instagram post um I literally like I hit share, I put my phone down and I started pacing around the room and I was like, I knew that my life had just changed, but I didn't know exactly how yet. (laughs) And, and, but I knew that it was going to be more honest and more open and more transparent than I had been, no matter how it shook out. Mm. And, and I was ready for that. Yeah. 
And I, I, I guess that. that's uh, like, as you mentioned, somebody else that had done something similar to you beforehand. So you, I guess you'd sort of... Marty Sampson, you saw what worst case yeah, scenario. Yeah, you saw like that's what I could be in line for sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah. And one thing that was really important to me is I didn't want to come off as bitter or resentful or angry because I think if I... If I, if I started talking about this stuff with that tone, and then it just turns into a fight or a debate, mm. you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in debating. I'm not interested in convincing people that want to believe in God that he's not there. Like, I have no desire to take that away from anybody. Mm. Um, I just want, the thing that motivates me now is that people that have questions, I want to encourage them to answer, to, to ask those questions. If, 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 you know, if you have doubts, like if, if God is real, he, he, he has to be able to handle that stuff. And it's a, it's a very thin, insincere faith that can't tolerate questions. And so if you have questions, ask them. And, and, and I I really believe that asking the questions that are in your heart is is a hard path, but it's a path toward a more meaningful and connected life. And, and that is what I'm discovering. And, you know, so when people ask me like, are you trying to lead people away from, from faith in God? And I say, no, like Mm. I, I want people to move in a direction of, uh, of believing things and living a life that's meaningful and, and, and purposeful and healthy for them. And if, if, whatever your beliefs are that if they get you there then like great i want to celebrate that and that's what i'm trying to look forward to one of the the things i've i've heard in this conversation is you in in being a publicly being able to come out and say here is who i am you have that freedom that sense of freedom you've found in being seen and then realizing that the people closest to you still accept you because you personally yeah. have found that there's beauty to be found in the discomfort of uncertainty and you're going that way. And if other people aren't like wanting to go into that, you know, discomfort of uncertainty, you're okay with that. You're not, you're not, you're not a bitter atheist. You're not, you know, certain, you're not a fundamentalist in another direction. You, you kind of value the questions. It's not like you're trying to discredit or disprove anything that a person that believes in God believes. Mm. It's just your honesty is I can't believe what you believe now Mm. and just allow me to have the space to, f- to find these questions because in 20 years time I might be back where you are but right now I need mm. to be here with this uncertainty mm-hmm. so what do you have to say to people who like like who we got this clickbait title from like what's the one thing that you really want them to understand mm. from your journey mm. and, that they and, might be missing yeah I, I think the one thing that I would tell anyone who, you know, is processing what this journey looks like from afar and maybe is in a similar place is, is that, is that it's okay. It's, it's okay to question. It has to be like living, living a life where you're afraid to speak what's on your heart that is not a life fully lived. 
And, and, and so like follow where your heart is taking you. If, if you have questions and doubts, go looking for answers. Uh, and, and just because I feel like I'm in a place where I don't have them or I don't have a lot of them, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you won't find them for you. And, um, and, and pay attention. You know, I, I said, I said this on, on an Instagram story a little while ago. Don't just pay attention to what you believe, pay attention to what your beliefs do. So like, like your beliefs do. So like, like instead of asking, what do you believe? Ask, what do your beliefs do? So the things that, the things that you hold in your heart, the things that you believe, what, what's that creating in your life? If it's creating meaning and purpose and fulfillment and joy, then like run deeper into that, you know, like, like why wouldn't you? Uh, but if, if you're holding on to beliefs that you don't feel are, are giving you that, if they are not filling your life with meaning, if they are not filling you with purpose, if they're, if they're bringing trauma and pain into your life, if they, if, if, if they're not life-giving, then it's okay to take a step back and ask, do I really believe these things? And are there things that I could believe that would be more meaningful and healthier and, and lead, lead to a better life? And, and mm. that's what I'm trying to do. And, and, I, and I feel like it's a journey worth taking. It is funny to hear you say, ask questions, search for answers, I don't have any. And be happy with but no boy, answers. Boy, the journey. <laughs> <laughs> the journey was so good that the reason you went on the journey, man, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, right. Ha- yeah. Just a few a few of our questions we ask everybody Closing as, as we wrap up. Yeah. How sure. do you what what I f- what we find sometimes in this journey is perhaps a lot of shame about how yeah. people used to think. I have a few friends who used to be, like grow up similar to me and then atheists and they feel a lot of shame about like, I can't believe I used to think that. I can't believe yeah. I used to do that. You know, maybe have a lot of hurt. How do you see your old self? Like yeah. 20 year old Hawk Nelson, Christian, hard out. Like yeah. how do you, how do you now view? Or even four year old in the backyard with your father yeah. saying the sinner's prayer. How do yeah. you view old Christian self? I think my old Christian self was doing the best he knew how. Mm. And 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 I think that he was he was trying to make sense of the world around him and and do as well as he knew how with the things that were in front of him. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now. Um mm. and you're still and so on that I, same journey. Yeah. Yeah, like I look at my past self with a lot of uh compassion and I go like, hmm, it's okay. Yeah. You thought you knew everything. Yeah. You didn't, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. But that's okay, yeah. you know. Yeah. And 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 I may look back twenty years from now at current me and think that same thing. So I I always like to say I'm kind of I'm embarrassed of everything that I did up until twenty minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Really that's good. good. Like right always. What would old Christian John in in the band think of current? non-christian non i mean you now yeah or, or even how how did how did old john look at people who maybe left the fold back then yeah yeah i mean i think i think back then i don't remember ever feeling like people who walked away from christianity i, I don't remember ever feeling anything particularly 
negative. I think that I, I always had sort of like the beginnings of questions and doubts. And so I remember being like, I probably wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have taken issue with them, you know, going on a journey. I, I may have taken issue with the way they did it. Cause you do hear a lot of people, if they walk away from Christianity, you do often hear a tone of bitterness and resentment and anger. And a lot of that is because people are, are very often hurt by, you know, people in the church or, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain there uh, or there can be. And, and, and so I, I feel sympathy for that. Um, but, but sometimes that anger sort of clouds the actual questions, right? Because the anger becomes the conversation. It's like, oh, well, he's just really bitter and pissed off. And like, you know, you could, you know, like if I was really angry and angry and bitter and pissed off, then you, you very easily could just go very quickly to like, well, obviously he, he thought he deserved to be more successful in Christian music and he wasn't. And that's what he's really pissed off about. Um, the fact that I'm not pissed off and not angry, it refocuses the conversation had a good journey back it. to the, back to the core of what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. And so when you look at as being a public figure and these people write articles about you, like I found four just straight off the bat and had a bit of a skim to see kind of how, how people see you. How do you think looking at that, how do you think other people see you now? Uh, I think there's a wide range. <laughs> I think I think yeah. some people are are I think some people are you know think uh I mean some people have said to my my parents like we're oh we're really sorry as if like I'm dead or something um yeah uh, but well, for, I mean in for, a way for, to them you are yeah I mean eternally um no heaven but so. uh, I don't know I think I, I don't think I think there's a wide range of of way ways people might think about me now and I also am aware that I'm I'm not the center of everyone's universe, so there's plenty of people not thinking hmm. that much about it. <laughs> you know, mm, yeah, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't want to be uh, egotistical enough to think to think that like people are spending a, a lot of time thinking about me. They are writing articles. <laughs> yeah. If article you're on Fox no, News, that's okay. like <laughs> no mean feat. <laughs> I got no articles about me. But when you look at uh, like uh, you know people people spending time writing articles about you. How do you see them when, when you see how mm. they think of you and how do you view that mm. and how you view them? Yeah. Uh, when I see an article written about me in, in this season, to me, it says a lot more. It has a lot more to do with the person writing the article than it does about me. Because, because for the most part, they're, they're people that, that haven't met me and, and don't know me. And so... So they're, they're just making, you know, they're, they're seeing what I put out there publicly and they're commenting on it, which is totally fine. Uh, and they're, they're absolutely free to do. Um, and, and, you know, a lot, to, be, to be fair, I actually think a lot of the people writing posts about what I've said have been really uh, uh, thoughtful. And, and, and I, don't, I don't agree with everything that they're saying, but I appreciate that I haven't, I don't think... Okay, there's one. I've only seen one. <laughs> I've only seen one article. I've only seen one article that that I that I was like that I thought was just ridiculous. Um, but other than that, they've all been very thoughtful. Like, there's been a lot of articles that I've seen by either like people in radio, Christian radio or pastors that have said like, 
Mm-hmm. This is what John has said. This is this is some things that we need to think about as the body of Christ. Uh you know, in, in, in taking in what John has said. And like, that's thoughtful. Like if, if people are responding like that, like that's, that's good. Right. Like that's helpful for you as well. Cause you're in this space of unknowing. So it's yeah. sort of like, well, what can I, it's of, all welcome. I yeah, suppose the conversation yeah. is, is what. And I think any conversation that, that creates space for people to ask questions, especially the really hard ones. I think that's, that's worthwhile. And I, and I think if I can be a part of, of helping create those spaces for people, both inside Christianity and out, then like, then I'm all for it. That's why I'm talking with you guys, right? Like, like, like I'm used to doing interviews promoting like an album or something, right? Like whenever we put out a new album as Hawk Nelson, I, we do media days where all day, every, all day for like every day for like weeks, I'll be talking with people on podcasts and radio interviews and all this stuff. And the whole goal is to promote our album or our music, right? I'm not promoting a product right now. I have, I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah. and so, Just like, story. whenever you, you know, people like yourselves invite me on, I, I was saying, I was not saying yes to things right away. Um, if, if you recall, I think I took a few days to answer your email. Um, and I wasn't prepared to say yes to stuff like this until I knew what the goal was. I was like, I was like, well, me talking about not believing in God, that is not a good conversation for me to, to undertake publicly until I know what I'm trying to accomplish. And, and, so, and so what I just said is, is what I landed on is that like creating spaces for people who there are so many people asking these questions and so many people who wrestle with this stuff. And if I can be a part of the conversation in a way that creates creates space for people to do that, mm. then I'm for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for for using your story and the, the, your journey to, I mean, really, when people can listen to other people wrestle and, and do these things, I think that being a part of that conversation really like encourages people to just be a yeah. part of the conversation as well. Yeah. Especially when you're, like, you're still a humble, loving not a bitter, not <laughs> spiteful. Like you're still a really great guy, you know. Sort of like you, you don't. Well, just he's because... Canadian. <laughs> it's in his blood. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so yeah. Thanks so much for your for your time, John. It's always a pleasure to to chat with a couple, uh, you know, fellow subjects of the Queen, right? But yeah. but yeah. no, seriously, you're you're you guys are really thoughtful, and the way that you uh, facilitate this conversation is is great, and. Um, yeah, thank you for making space for it, and uh, and I, I really hope that uh, this is something that you know all, all over you know whether it's Australia or here in the U.S. or in Canada or, or mm. wherever uh, you all are that are listening. I hope that this is something that's meaningful to you, and um, and yeah. uh, something that can en- sort of encourage you know everyone to to walk their own journey with just a little bit more confidence than they had before. And yeah. if, if you're listening to this episode live on Instagram, this podcast will be up uh, probably in a couple, in, of, in weeks, a couple yeah. of weeks. And if, if you're listening now and, and you might have been listening and you might be disagreeing with everything, that's a successful episode. Like, yeah. if I listen to an episode, <laughs> I disagree, that's fantastic. Right. If you're agreeing with it, that's okay, that's okay too. But, but the whole purpose of this podcast is 
to move beyond the agree and disagree. If you agree and disagree in a non-flippant way, who yeah. cares? Yeah. Because if we put that aside, hopefully in this conversation with John, we've been able to show his humanity, yeah. his human journey, yeah. and get to know like how these ideas serve and help people because yeah. we all have similar ideas and we're all kind of trying yeah. to piece together this world together. So um, hopefully we've managed to do that in this episode. If you want to connect with us, you can do so on ideasdigest.gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, send us a DM. And yeah. we're just, we just kind of follow where our listeners point us. If there's an yeah. idea that you find challenging, controversial, divisive, that's the starting point. And we kind of like to dive into the person behind it. So yeah. thanks for tuning in for another episode and we will catch you next time.